was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. The droids are clean, the vaporizers are patched, and the speeders fueled. It's time to pick up some blue milk and power converters. You're listening to Toshi Station Radio, brought to you by the Majestic Giraffe Network. Now here are your hosts for the Snarkist Podcast in Star Wars and Geek Culture, Brian and Nancy. And like we promised a few days ago, Tashi Station Radio is back with our Rogue One Roundtable special. Before we get too much further, uh, just some introductions. I'm your host, Brian. With me, as always, is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hello. And we've got on our esteemed panel today, we've got Jay. Hello. Uh, Saf. Hello. And Brian Novicki. Hi, everyone. All right. So we've all had a chance to see Rogue Squad. Or, uh, <laughs> I wish. I wish. Uh, Rogue One, uh, once, twice, or in mine and Nancy's case, thrice. Uh, Wow. It was a movie with Star Wars in it. So we we don't really have a whole lot in the way of established show notes, but... We don't have anything in the way of established show notes. We have nothing written. This is just an entirely off-the-cuff... reaction podcast but uh, nancy where do you think we should start on this one uh overall impressions of the movie sounds like it came apart sounds like a great idea to me which means we'll start with you um i liked it (laughs) i i think a new trend for me with star wars movies is that i'm not the first time around it's gonna be really hard for me to process everything and then the second time is when i'm really gonna end up liking the movie because um, the second time I saw it, I, I came away going, all right, I I liked it a lot more. I knew where it was going, um, and I was prepared for certain things that jarred me out of the movie the first time, like, for instance, um, dead people in the movie. <laughs> um, and uh, But yeah, I really liked it, and I, I think it did a good job of establishing standalone movies and that will have a Star Wars movie every year from now until the end of eternity. <laughs> so, good job, Rogue One. Excellent work, Rogue One. Uh, Jay? I loved it. Um, I thought it was the Star Wars movie I've always wanted to see. And, of course, I, I, I loved The Force Awakens as well. But I think the thing that really grabbed me about Rogue One is it it felt like a Star Wars movie I might have gotten if we had one 10 years ago or something. It felt like an expanded universe book come to life. And I think that was my favorite part about it. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Saf? I am basically the same as both Nancy and Jay. Um, second time around, I definitely processed it a lot better because the first time I was way too emotional and just stressed out by the movie. Um, <laughs> I've seen yeah, it three times now as well. And I I love it more each time that I watch it. But yeah, I think I like it so much because it does feel like those extended, extended expanded universe books that are like detached from the main series and i always love those books so much and it was just it was a really cool movie and i'm really happy uh brian do you want to make babies with this movie <laughs> i really do <laughs> <laughs> i loved it so much i've only seen it once so far but even just that one viewing has made a strong case for it being my new favorite star wars um i just love the stakes of everything even though we knew how it ends basically that they get the plans they didn't know that and i felt that from them and it told a complete story unlike force awakens which has me asking ten thousand questions still and it, like jay and saf said was the expanded universe movie i always wanted 
Yeah. Um, Brian, you didn't give your thoughts. I thought I thought it was a really strong movie. Um, it definitely it, it was like taking the best parts of the old Bantam and uh, Dark Horse expanded universe, uh, distilling and, them down into film format. And West End games, apparently. Yeah, and according a ton to the of visual guide. Yeah, a ton of West End game stuff, uh, distilling them into a film and projecting it into our eyeballs i i really really enjoyed it yep what about the characters who is everyone's favorite character if you can choose uh, i'm gonna have to think about this one i mean i really i knew, like- I knew beforehand that it would be chirrut and it's absolutely chirrut yeah. coruscant <laughs> jay, <laughs> <Not a> character. <laughs> way to stay on brand jay well chronic if i have to then I was thinking the whole, like, the, that flashback. I was like, oh, my God, Jay's probably crying right now. <laughs> Best scene in the movie. I really liked K2SO and Bodhi. Yeah. I was surprised by how much I like Bodhi. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think Bodhi is probably my favorite. I mean, I, 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 I've seen people say that Critic was too over the top and, like, Mendelssohn was chewing the scenery, and that's... I think why I liked it <laughs> because it's the same with Hux's speech. Like it's so over the top. It's so cheesy. And that's what the villain should be in star Wars. Um, and I just loved, like he was just so frustrated the whole time. Like this was my achievement. <laughs> and then, you know, the fact that the hubris of how he dies was just perfect for me. But on the rebel side, I think Bodhi, I really liked his story and I like, imperial defectors and i think i don't know if k2so is my favorite droid period but he's definitely my favorite like droid that talks and he is humanoid (laughs) you know i'm I'm gonna agree with you uh bodhi i really liked bodhi and i was surprised at how much i did i mean i I guess just because i had no idea what to expect from him but he had i think the storyline that was the most resonant Mm -hmm. with me uh, and yeah, I also liked how Krennic just chewed the scenery. Yeah, that's good. And I, I know Jay will he will make vomit noises, but I'm I'm so glad that Mon Mothma got as much screen time yeah. as she did. Yes, yes, I love her I so say, much. I will say this about Mon Mothma: um, every movie needs a villain, and she's a very very compelling villain. So I'm glad they gave her a chance to be. Developed and, and and you know show her sinister agenda for everyone. Thanks for staying on brand check. <laughs> sinister agenda of not destroying planets. Yes. I mean, let's be honest. No, no film has given a chance for Jay to be as on brand as Rogue One. <laughs> That's why it's so exciting. Yeah. Well, so I had a question. This is this is going way towards the end of the movie, but I was thinking about this earlier, and it was confusing to me. I mean, I I understand why, but so Tarkin at the end orders them to blow up Scarif. And I'm like, but if that's like the place where they have all the archives and is their research center, why 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 blow it up? I mean, <laughs> I, if they're if they're if the empire is as like well oiled and working as they say it is, surely they have backups. Otherwise they're a real useless empire. <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I also saw, um, I just saw a tweet from uh, Danny, who's not fired this time. I really <laughs> liked Admiral Radis. And like, I was kind of like, oh, I wish Akbar was in it, but 
they they couldn't because he can't die. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Stephen Stanton was the star of the film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was. I, I liked Radis. It's like this is Admiral Radis of the Rebel Alliance. We are here to kill you all. Yeah, what I'm if- always happy to see Mon Cala stuff. So yeah. more of that. <laughs> And yeah. especially the swingy chairs that they have on the Yes, on the ships. it's a stupid design. I love it. I love it too. <laughs> okay, so um, I guess we can like talk about stuff we didn't like or critiques that we had and then move on to the stuff that we did. I, I mean, I feel like we should probably just start with the elephant in the room, the sheer lack of women uh, in this yep. film. Yeah. yeah. It was a sausage fest. <laughs> yeah. And... Like they, I, it was most glaring the fact that like, it's not even like we're asking for true parody. We're just like, can't you at least have one woman on the team that volunteered to go to Scarif? Like, can't you have one woman working in the background of the rebel base that's like not out of focus and fuzzy? Yeah, <laughs> or I- or one woman working on Galen's design team. That oh was what was God. really jarring oh to me God. was yeah. that whole team was dudes. Yeah, old yeah. white bald dudes. Yeah, like, yeah, like and I, I, I've been to universities before. I, I know scientists; they're not all old, bald, white dudes. I promise. Especially like, I mean, and not to like be stereotypical, but like, you know, most of the people in engineering and like physics and those sorts of fields are not white. So why would you have all white dudes be in your engineering team? Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Um, let's. Uh, I threw this out on Twitter, but a couple things they could have done to just easily address a bunch of this, um, like put at least two women in the Rogue One ground team. Yeah. Um, replace replace some of the uh, unnamed Imperial officer extras yeah. with women. That was jarring. Like what yeah. Wakens did. Like there was literally random women all over the bridge of the ships, but there weren't any. Like it was all white men in every single scene and not even the stormtroopers either and i don't buy the whole well they were trying to match the original trilogy thing because we all know that they were filmed decades apart like we can understand why there are no women in the original trilogy because it was 1977 when they made it i was watching a new hope um after rogue one the other day and there are way more background women in the rebel base or Empire Strikes Back, rather. There are more yeah. background women in the Rebel base than there are in Rogue One. And I was like, come on, guys. It's been how many years? Yeah, and on yeah. top of that, we have all the books and comics now that have these women on both sides. You know, we yep. have all these Ray women Sloan. X-Wing pilots. We have Ray Sloan. Like, Ray Sloan. Yeah, we know from Lost Stars that women were, like, at least, you know, a good makeup of the academies. And th- this is one of those things where I'd say take your in-universe justifications and shove it, just do it and hand wave it later. Yeah. I mean, we're all adults we can understand. Like we can understand why Peter Cushing is CGI in the movie cuz he's dead. I but- don't understand that they should have recast. <laughs> yes, I yeah. yeah, that's my that's my other criticism. We'll come to that in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Even more than like background women, I would have liked another woman on the actual main Rogue One team. And also aliens. There were no aliens on the, or there was like one alien on the ground team. And like, I would have liked more. Now, would you have added another character to the main cast or would you have replaced someone? I would would have have added. There's already not enough time to develop most of those characters. I would have made Kato a lady. 
Oh yeah, Kate. I, I it's hard because I love Alan Tudyk so much, and I know he made that character the way it was. Um, yeah, and I like it was funny because I saw him as his own as its character, but then I also could see Alan hear Alan Tudyk saying the lines. I'm like, yep, that's totally Wash talking. <laughs> yeah, see, like I the thing that I would replace someone with a woman but also all the characters that exist are so perfect and i love their yeah. actors so like i don't actually want to be like oh i'd replace so-and-so with a lady because that would yeah, be better because i don't think it would be i wish that it had been there from the start and also it had been a woman of color to, because people yeah, keep being yeah. like oh everyone's so mad about feminism but there were so many people of color in the movie and it's like yes there were but there can still be women of color in the movie too like intersectionality th- these are not, these are not two <laughs> different I mean, issues yeah i i hate to say this but replace felicity jones with a woman of color yeah yes yeah i mean i think Jin was kind of like i i as so many people criticized ray for being like too much of a blank slate i feel like Jin was way more like and it's it's not to put down like felicity jones like i think she's a good actress and i i did like Jin, but i feel like ray was more compelling to me and i don't know if it's because of daisy ridley or just I feel like Ray, or like I feel like Jin was more of a okay. This is the character you put yourself into the movie for. See, I disagree. No. Since we got to see her as a child and learn at least a little bit about her background with Saw, you know, I don't think Ray is a blank slate at all. Like everyone's saying, but we definitely oh. know less about her. Yeah. Okay, you saying Saw uh, made me think that Saw should have been Stila. That would have yes. been better too. Yes. Why <laughs> did Stila have to be the one that died? Because the clone wolves keep killing women. Uh, and that's going to hurt the second half of this season of Rebels, too. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I love Saw so much. Like, I was so emotional every time he was on screen. I was just like, Saw, what What have you done to yourself? What's happened to you? Like, crying, basically. Yeah. Um, none of my friends can understand because they haven't watched The Clone Wars. But <laughs> if, it would have been, like, infinitely better and infinitely more emotional for me if it had been Steeler. And, I mean... <laughs> I, I can judge the Clone Wars for lots of things, and that is one of the things I will always judge it for. Yeah. It had a it, it had a tendency to fridge women a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think now, I did at some point, um I was doing a ratio count, going through it and counting up all the characters who was male and who was female and who died and what the ratio of that was, and it was not good for its female characters. Yeah. I f- I will say that um as far as killing female characters, I I think people kind of predicted going into it that I'm calling her Lyra because I think Lyra is a stupid way to pronounce the name. <laughs> but I, I think people like figured out that she was going to die and it was the very, you know, mother dies trope. But yeah. I liked the way that they filmed it and that she went down fighting um, because I feel like other than just being like, okay, well, she like... I wouldn't have liked it if Krennic had been like, I'm going to kill her to make you work for me. Um, Because that's like so overdone. But the fact that they had this plan where she was supposed to go take Jin and then finally she was just like, no, screw it. I'm going to try to kill you because I'm sick of you ruining our family. And then, yeah, I mean, it it gave her a lot more agency. Yeah, I, I knew she was going to die because it's Star Wars and that's what they do. But also, like, <laughs> it, this is like, if there wasn't such a problem with mothers and, like, women dying and things, I would be a-okay with the scene because, like, it was actually really good. But also, yeah. like, speaking of swapping characters, I would 100% make Galen Jin's mom. 
like yeah. 100% like having a mother-daughter relationship and having the mother be like an evil scientist kind of thing without wanting to be would have been such a cool dynamic and something really fresh too and I'm just like I mean Mads was good but also could have easily been a lady yeah I agree the daddy issues <laughs> Speaking of Wells, uh, Star Wars goes back to a lot. <laughs> I do, I do like that it was it, at least daddy issues on the side of a female character this time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, they can do mommy issues next. Yeah, Rebels. I mean Sabine, I, Sabine, give Sabine mommy issues on Rebels. Yes, I mean Please. all credit to Rogue One. Like, I I usually am like a huge not fan. I don't know what the opposite of fan is of um. <laughs> <laughs> of daddy issues in Star Wars, especially Star Wars. But this was like, I actually got really emotional about Jin and her day. Like, it was well yeah, done. Yes. And it wasn't stereotypical, which was nice as well. Like, seeing Jin actually get emotional and being able to get past that stuff was really cool. Yeah. Agreed. And I'll, uh, Baze and Cheru are married. And no one totally. can tell me otherwise. Totally. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of like where I like want to like push the the people making star wars just give them a little push be like okay do you see what you have created all you have to do is during their big emotional goodbye scene just have a little tiny 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 teeny tiny kiss that's all you need to do i'm curious like to see kiss. if they'll put more details into that in that middle grade book that's coming yeah yeah they'll probably be like oh no they're just friends for life and i'll be like Psh. Yeah, sure. No They're homo. Very, 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 very close no friends. No homo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, um, Jay, I want to ask you about the Empire specifically because you're Jay. Okay. <laughs> but like, what I, I one of the things I really liked was how much Tarkin and Credic hated each other, and. Then that you know, then bringing Vader in, and I I think it did a really good job of showing like how, like one of the things I loved was that it showed more of the background of the Rebel Alliance, but also the Empire and how they really just did, all hated each other, kind of. Yeah, I mean it, it's a natural extension of the briefing room scene we got in New Hope, where all these people are fighting, but instead of arguing over what the correct use of the Death Star is. They're arguing over who gets credit and who should be in charge, and they're really working at cross-purposes. Like, Tarkin did not show up at Scarif to help Krennic in any way. He showed up to screw Krennic, and Krennic was investigating not, you know, to not just to make the project succeed, but to get in charge of it again. And Vader was just above it all, saying, you guys are both idiots, and I loved it. <laughs> I'm going to tell the Emperor on you. <laughs> right. He's like, you, you'll, you'll tell the Emperor, right? Because that 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 pun that Vader pun was I worth the it. whole movie. Ah, uh, dorky oh, Anakin's still in there. I've seen so many. I've seen so many people be like, "Ah, oh, Vader would not say something like that," and I'm like, "This is a guy who choked someone and then said apology accepted." And then <laughs> so also, melodramatic, or right? Or your lack of faith is disturbing, which is literally a pun as well. Yeah. Or uh, we would be honored if you would join us. <laughs> You know, like, I mean, he's still Anakin. I mean, he may be evil and twisted now, but he's still got that like deep inside of him. He's still got that like witty, annoying brat inside of him. Ball. Yeah, yeah. And oh boy, I don't have the visual guide yet, but I've read the stuff online about it and talking about his castle and how, or I think maybe the art book says this, but it's literally overlooking the place where he fought Obi-Wan. So he has to <laughs> stare at that all the time and think about it. 
And I'm like, wow, dude. It's like Stop the ultimate being so melodramatic. The ultimate naughty corner. Like you stay there and you think <laughs> about what you did. I mean, you you have to stay there because you're literally hanging in back to. <laughs> Jeez. The, the uh, visual guide. I, there's a couple ways to read this, but it kind of implies that the emperor is the one that selected that location for the castle. That's what yeah, I was yeah. It's not just Vader being emo, but it's the emperor rubbing it in his face, saying, "Just, just see, just remind yourself of what you could have been." Okay? It's like when you push the your dog's nose in the in the in the accident. <laughs> like, <laughs> look what you did. <laughs> I I liked that scene a lot. Like I know a lot of people said it wasn't necessary and it probably wasn't, but I'm still so glad because that's been a concept for so long and I freaked out. I'm like, "Oh my god, it's Bass Castle." Like I it's probably not named Bass Castle, but that's what I'm going to call it anyway cuz I I just I loved it and um, we really need the next 2 weeks to fly by so Paolo can start posting things <laughs> like he yeah. promised to. Yeah. Yes. But um, I liked that, and I I loved like the um. If you listen to the uh, soundtrack, which is it's it was hard to hear in the movie because so many people were like, "Holy shit, is that Vader <laughs> in the tank?" Um, but when as soon as they like the Bacta starts going down, and you like see the top of his scarred head, you hear that little bit of the Imperial motif from A New Hope. And it's played again in the rest of that track, and I, I, I really liked that Giacchino brought back those themes. Actually, this is a good segue point. Let's talk about the soundtrack. Okay. So, initial impressions of it. For me, it didn't stand out that much. Kind of like TFA didn't stand out for me that much. It started getting better on subsequent viewings, though. Yeah, I'm starting. I, I got the soundtrack, and I've been listening to it. And there, there are some tracks that I really, really like, like um. The end, the end music, right from like when they, uh, kind of like the whole end sequence with the Death Star fire on Scarif and Jin uh, and Cassian dying and all of that is really is, is really good. And then transitioning into the very last sequence, uh, which is called Hope, which is funny because half of it is people getting killed terribly. <laughs> That's the hope. <laughs> yeah, it's hope for Vader. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that's a really good track. I w- the uh, one complaint I have about the the CD is that that track just ends and there are no end credits, and it's really jarring Aww. because I expect it to go like you know s- the force theme swells and it ends and it's supposed to go and it doesn't. It just ends and it's like. Yeah. You saw a couple theories as to why the end credits aren't on the actual CD. Uh, the one that seemed most plausible is they didn't have the mix done in time for uh, the CD to be mastered. I just hope they fix it on subsequent releases because I'd I'd buy it. <laughs> yeah. Other thoughts on the sound or on the score? Well, it's interesting. Like it, it didn't. You know, I, I enjoyed the music during the movie, but then when I left the theater, I couldn't remember any of it, and I thought to myself, "Well, I felt the same way about The Force Awakens, didn't I?" And now I can probably remember any sound, you know, anything on that on the Force Awakens soundtrack just by thinking about it. So I wonder if it's a question of just not being exposed to it, and you know, the fact that it's just not the traditional Williams overture heavy soundtrack. But I thought, I thought, I mean, I thought it was it was pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. It was subtle when it could have been really easy to just lean heavily on Williams and A New Hope oh. tracks. 
So, like uh, when when the star destroyers are going into uh, the shield gate. Oh god, that and was so the sound, awesome. The score just got really quiet and demure there. I thought that was a great touch. That was yes. such an awesome sequence. Holy crap! <laughs> yeah, so it um, might not be super memorable right off the bat, but I just appreciate that it wasn't over the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of feel like I, um, it was it was really good. Like I'm not a music person, so I don't know much about this, but I enjoyed it. Um, I think it wasn't really like it didn't have really any standout stuff in the same way like the Force Awakens did with Ray's theme or um, a couple March other things that I really liked. Yeah, that was it. March of the Resistance um, and the Jedi steps as well. Like this was really good. Um, yeah. This one was a lot more yeah subtle and it's. And in, in the way it worked. And I think it worked well because it managed to capture the feeling of A New Hope and of the original trilogies with the music without, like, completely relying on them. Um, and, like, for a standalone movie like this, it doesn't really need to be something standout because it just needs to work for the movie. And it worked well for the movie. Um, I did actually have one of the tracks stuck on my head yesterday after I went and saw it. I can't remember which one now. I need to actually go listen to the soundtrack properly. But it was like one of the softer tracks. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I, I like this one. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a couple tracks that have a very kind of Schindler's List vibe mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. I keep I keep humming the Imperial theme from the movie. Like like I guess I guess you would call it Krennic's theme. It's like bum bum ba bum ba ba I keep humming that, so I guess you know it's effective. All I, I said, all I wanted from the soundtrack was for them to use the Death Star motif and the original Imperial theme from A New Hope, and they did. So, yeah, I was satisfied. <laughs> I want the Imperial the Imperial motif, and they got that. When they so first showed the Death Star, they said they, it, it did the boom, ba ba ba, and Brian and I both like slapped each other's arms. Oh, it's <laughs> so like, good. <laughs> the only thing I. That kind of annoyed me about the soundtrack. Not really annoyed me, but I think it was a missed opportunity. Is when um, Bale is saying, "I trust her with my life," and they they play the Force theme underneath. They should have played Princess Leia's theme underneath. Yeah, you know? yeah. I yeah. had a couple of people think that he was talking about Ahsoka and not Leia. Yeah. No, because she's dead, Dave. <laughs> Dave. Yeah, I had that too. Um, even people that like don't even know afterwards, they're like, "Oh, who's the female Jedi?" She's talk- he was talking about, and I was like, "He wasn't. He what? <laughs> no." And they're like, "Is it You're Ahsoka?" Probably- I was like, "No, she's probably dead. No, it's Obi Wan." <laughs> Obviously, I can kind of see how people make that mistake, but also I've watched it three yeah. times, and the conversation does make it quite clear they're talking about two different people. They say yeah. he yeah. about the Jedi like three times, yeah. and then about who they can send after the Jedi. Yeah. yeah, so like and I can kind of see how like, people got that, but also and not. plus considering that's Leia's mission in A New Hope, it's yeah really quite clear that that's what he's sending her to do. And like she made a detour to go to Scarif because someone someone was complaining like why they didn't think it was believable that Bale would let Leia go to Scarif, and I was like, okay, first <laughs> of all, Leia. you don't let leia do anything leia does what she pleases because she's 19 years old she's been a member of the rebel alliance for at least like five three years um so her life has already been in danger multiple times and bail had already left to go back to alderaan so you can i i mean pretty sure leia was getting ready to go to tatooine and then they were like all right we're going to scarif and she's like 
you're going to scare off. I'm going to scare off too. <laughs> yeah, I think it, I think it plays well with continuity because there's um, a section of a princess scoundrel and the farm boy, which I was trying to square with the movie, where she's you know basically saying I'm doing this no matter what my father thinks. And then of course Bale sends her out to get Obi Wan Kenobi. But if we say well she's going to scare off even though her father you know might not approve of her going to danger, then that's the perfect way to sort of square those two and yeah. show that Leia is still you know. She do- she doesn't want to just be a courier. She wants to get get herself into the heart of battle and help whatever way she can. Yeah. Of and, all the um, unbelievable things, Leia being a scarif is the least unbelievable. Right. And it, and plus like the the R2 and 3PO thing was was gratuitous, but I as I was thinking about it later, I'm like actually it does kind of like demonstrate that they weren't supposed to be going to scarif. And then as everyone's scrambling to go, 3PO's like we're going to scare off. What? No one told me this. So, exactly. yeah. Um, so I guess we can talk about the end um, because, wow, they actually did the thing and killed every single person in the movie. I did yep. not think they'd have the guts to do it. I did not yeah. either. I thought like Jin and Cassian would live or something. But to be honest, like, because when, when Tira died, I was just like, I mean, I knew that was going to happen, but also I'm really upset. And then everybody else died. And I was like, you know, what? I'm more okay with Tira dying now that everybody <laughs> else is dead too. Yes. That's how I feel about um what I've, what I've talked about, um, Empire's End. I'm like, Sinjir can't die unless everyone else dies too. <laughs> then it's okay. <laughs> Ray Sloan can't die. Just saying it now. Never dies. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, off topic. <laughs> Ray Sloan isn't the one that dies. She's the one that uh, wrests the fleet away from uh, Rax and then uh, surrenders it. Screw him. Yes. I, I'll, I can work with oh, that. Oh, wait, she doesn't become Snoke? <laughs> I'm Saf. sorry, Seth. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jay, that's Mon- her name. Snoke. <laughs> <laughs> Never. But yeah, I, I was like, first of all, the fact that the first person who dies, quote unquote, is K2. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Like, that was so... Uh, I was emotional, and he had a hole yep. in his chest, and I was like, "God damn it!" Aaron Tudyk always got holes in his chest. <laughs> <laughs> Only in sci-fi movies. Only in sci-fi in. movies. And then you know the the Chirrut thing was just oh my god, that was that was heartbreaking. And then especially like Bodhi succeeds in getting the connection, and he's so happy, and he's like, "Okay, guys, you gotta get the shield gate down." And then he's like, "All right, yay, I did it!" And then grenade is tossed in the shuttle, and he just looks at it like, "Boom!" And I was like, "Oh my god!" I think that was my biggest reaction to a death. (laughs) Yeah, that one that one hurt me. I because I figured like Bodhi would have the most likely chance of surviving out of all of them because he's in the shuttle and he can leave, you know. And tell live to tell the story, but no. Everyone yeah, died. I think it was kind of nice though, because yeah, he did get that moment of being happy and like living up to what Galen said he could, which is what he'd been kind of doing the whole movie. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you did it, and then you died, but you did it, man, you did it. Yeah, yeah, I um, and like the scene, I I've seen some people criticize the that Jin and Cassian, like it was a forced romance, but. I didn't read it that way at all. I read it more of like them coming to respect each other and uh, two people who'd been to hell and back but are gonna die now. Yeah, and they don't I, they're not alone. It wasn't really know? like saying it was a forced romance is kinda of the same as saying Pacific Rim had a forced romance when it, it didn't. Like yeah. it's it's not a romance if it's not actually overly romantic. Like you can read the way they were interacting, like similarly to like how a whole lot of dudes interact in a million movies kind of thing. Like, they were just, like... Yeah. I mean, I kind of like reading it as romance because I do kind of like them because they have a really good, like, chemistry. Um, yes. 
but also like I, you don't have to because it's not out there like they didn't kiss they held hands but i hold hands with my friends all the time and like if i was about to die i would also totally just be like pal hug me hold me yeah um, <laughs> um somewhat unrelated to that though like uh when Baze like after chirrut dies and he's going to kill all the death troopers and he's like the force is with me and i'm with the force and he like lifts up his gun and goes and it's so good i love it every time because it's just like yeah i don't need the force entirely i have a cool gun i want that story of how like because Chirrut says Baze Balbus was once the most devoted guardian of us all. Like, I want to know what happened. Like, is it just because of the purge that he, like, lost all his faith? Or did what, something yeah, else what, happen? What made him a space atheist? <laughs> space and our, like, third standalone be Baze and Chirrut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm really, really, really looking forward to that book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love them both so much. Yeah. I knew I would, but it's just, like, infinitely more. The lines are just... My favorite thing about, like, Chira is that, like, um, in that first fight scene he has, and he, like, stand, like uses a stick on the um, Stormtrooper's foot, and he leans in and is like, is your foot okay? And I'm like, that's such, yeah. a, that's such a martial arts, like, humor thing, and I love it so much. He's so good. I love when they're on Edu, and Baze is like, good luck, and he goes... I don't need luck. I have you <laughs> or something. Oh, they're so they have such a cool ease with each other. They're so funny yeah. when they interact. And I also love um like when Chirrut grabs uh I was called a Ray. Uh <laughs> what's Jin. her name? Jin Jin's hand in the shuttle and like he gives her like she gives yeah. him these meaningful looks and like when Baze hugs her and sees little sister and I'm just yeah. like Oh god, they love her. That was sweet. Yeah, um Oh and I, I I saw people being disappointed that Krennic didn't get Vadered, but I feel like the Death Star being responsible no, this for his was death so much was better. Way they, more they found the, this. Yeah, they found the one thing that was better than getting Vadered. Because he just he's he's lying there and he looks up and he sees the Death Star and then it fire and then fires and he's like, "Well, crap!" <laughs> like, probably like, damn it! But at least it's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was that was really fitting. And especially cuz like the way like the music is like so dramatic over that last scene and <laughs> the the guys on the Death Star is like, "Hey, should we start targeting the fleet?" and Tarkin's like, "Lord Vader will take care of the fleets." <laughs> <laughs> no, I just realized that the super laser so it misses the tower but it hits the communications area. So technically this Tarkin aimed the super laser directly at Krennic's face. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah, okay, wait, wait. Speaking of the super laser, I don't know if it's like legit or anything, but um, somebody asked Pablo on Twitter about uh, if like the the kyber crystals, because the living crystals, like do, would they change color because of what the Death Star is being used for? Um, and he basically just said like look closely at the firing sequence. And mm-hmm. when you do watch that, like, there's this one beam of red light, and then all the green light comes in. And I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. ooh, does that mean the kyber crystal is red? Ah, uh, interesting. Mm. Yeah, because the, yeah, the core beam is red before the green goes on top to overlay it. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so I thought it's always cool. been like that in A New Hope, I think, too. Yeah, it is. I have to pay attention to that again. <laughs> huh. Yeah. I, I, I was really happy that... We got want the we got Tarkin saying you may fire when ready. Someone was really was mad about that. Really? Yeah. Like they're like, I can't believe they lifted a line out of a new hope. And I was like, okay, I feel like somebody's probably gonna say a similar thing every time they fire the Death Star, honestly. Yeah. I mean that's his that's his thing. That's what he says. <laughs> you may fire when ready. Yeah. Okay, can we talk about that now? Yes. <laughs> Okay, yeah, let's talk let's talk about the uh, CG. The characters. other elephant in the room. Yeah. 
Um, it was really jarring the first time I saw it, and I think that's why I had a negative reaction when the movie was over with. Um, I wish they had done more camera work to not show the faces all the time. Like, yeah. I realized why they had to use Tarkin, and when they were showing him in the reflection of the viewport, like, I thought it was great. And, and then they were- he turned around and, you know. Yeah, and I was like, oh, no, no, it's creepy. <laughs> so I think overall Tarkin actually looked pretty good, except for a little bit of lip stuff. But yeah. it's just kind of grim to me to be resurrecting dead actors. Like, if you need yeah. the, actor that, the character that badly recast. Yeah, yeah it's one I'm thing- so like... Like Sorry, Mama. Yeah, it's it's one thing to do this to Jeff Bridges while Jeff Bridges is still alive. Right. It's another thing to do it with well, Peter Well, also, Cushing. he was in the movie. Well, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah like, I, I feel- like... Um, I, yeah, ethically, I'm still like, ugh, I feel weird about it. But also, like, um, I the, the CGI was a little bit off on the mouth and, like, some exa- over-exaggerated movements that they do with that stuff. But um, overall, I think the Uncanny Valley thing worked for Tarkin because he is a creepy dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I do wish they'd used him less, though. Like, have them have him there at the beginning, mm-hmm. and only see his reflection, and then have him there at the end, killing right. Krennic. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think feel- Catalyst did a good job of setting the stage for not needing Tarkin. Yeah, to be a heavy I mean, that's, figure. In I the figured movie. that's why we have Krennic. That's why you invent the character of Krennic, right? Because you can't use Tarkin. You know. Right. Yeah, and they, they could have had someone else operating the Death Star. And I mean, I, I, I kind of get a lot of uh, satisfaction of Tarkin being the one to order the other two plant. So basically, he's 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 been the guy to order three atrocities in a row with the Death Star. So I could blame all of, all of that on him, but um, <laughs> which is which is nice. I'm not gonna lie. But the thing with Tarkin is like, even though the CGI I thought got better over time, I think he was on screen too much. I think yeah. it detracted. Yeah from how important it would be because like imagine if you know he doesn't show up until the very end says okay krennic's been screwing this stuff up i'm taking over and i'm blowing up the planet like that would have been a great you know end of the movie reveal yeah yeah i i agree or even if they Sorry, I was expecting Tarkin to show up at the end because I'd seen a couple of reviews. They're like, there's a terrible CG character at the end. And I was like, oh, so they did bring back Tarkin and he shows up at the end. <laughs> Turns out it was a different terrible CG was, character. Yeah, yeah let's, let's talk about that one because, uh, I mean, I, as much issues I had with Tarkin, oh, man, the, the Leia was so much worse. It did yeah. not look good. It was a weird video game And it Leia. didn't have to be that. It didn't have to be there at all. Like, when they opened the door and you see her in the white dress, I was like, oh, yay! Yeah, that's that how they wanted it to end. And then, like, all they had to do was give her the tape. like Be a little creative with the camera angle. Yeah, like, show Just, like, over show her button. shoulder. And then have her say hope because it's it's her saying hope. It's lifted from the speech. So, you know, I feel like, okay, I feel like channeling um, Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park. They were so convinced. Yeah. They were so concerned with wondering if they could. They didn't stop to think if they should. Honestly, though, the Leia actually works better for me. Like, uh, the last time I saw it, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm okay with this. Um, I think it was just jarring the first time I saw it. But also, yeah. like... Because is her whole body CGI as well? No, no. It's an actor. Yeah, it's an I didn't actress. think so. Um, but uh, her, I don't know. Something just about the hood looks wrong, and it just makes yeah. me mad. <laughs> I have hopes that for the Blu-ray, they will have spent some time touching that up a little bit. 
Yeah. Like, I just. Well, and the other issue is they kind of linger on that shot for uncomfortably long, yeah. and you it's get the, the uncanny with- valley effect yeah. again. It's the same thing with Tarkin. Like, there were some shots of Tarkin where it's like, okay, if it had just been a quick shot to his face, but then you, like, are lingering on him, and it's like, you could have just shot over his shoulder looking at Krennic, and it would have been yeah. just as effective. Now, I guess my, they my- didn't want to, like, make it obvious from the way they filmed that they were trying to avoid their faces, which I can kind of understand yeah. too, but I think they did. <laughs> Kind of overcompensated. I almost wish they'd done that, anyways. Though when I first saw it, I you know I was I thought is that Billy first? Like like the CGI fooled me for about a second, and then because (laughs) they lingered too long, then I'm like, oh wait, it's a video game character. And if it if it had been a little quicker, I think it would have worked really well. Oh yes, right away I was like, oh that's Force Unleashed, Leia. Like I never (laughs) had a moment of like I I, for me I. after seeing like star tours like i believe the star tours leia a lot more than this one so i was kind of like oh you could have just used whatever you did on star tours now my my really big concern though is that we're gonna have a lord of the rings thing going on here where we look back at this in five ten years and say "Ooh, that looks really bad i think we won't entirely like we'll we'll probably like we'll look back on it look old but i don't think it'll look anywhere near as bad as like looking back at lord of the rings or like (laughs) the prequels or something because i like our cgi has advanced enough that things do look actually good yeah I, I do wish they had just gone ahead and recast, like, for the I mean, I'm sure they're gonna, like, recast a young Leia at some point anyway, so I was like, why not just yeah. do it now? Or, and everyone, like, the way everyone's been talking about the girl from Stranger Things, <laughs> you know? Like, well, she's a little young right now, but... Yeah, they can age her up. But, um, but yeah, I, I think I agree with Saf where the Leia thing got, wasn't as jarring after on my set like once i knew to expect it on the second viewing it didn't bother me as much because it's it's so short compared to the tarkin but like whenever tarkin's on i'm just kind of like cringing and trying not to look at him (laughs) (laughs) i actually um after last yesterday when i saw it yesterday um after leia came on i just like started crying and the person i was with looked at me and was like are you okay and i was like i'm having a lot of leia feelings right now like hearing her voice and seeing that face because like it's even if it is jarring kind of weird like it's not something we would have actually seen otherwise like obviously carrie fisher is not that age anymore so like getting an actual new scene of young leia is just like i don't know it, it, it means a lot to me even if it looks weird yeah Talk about the space battle. I mean, we have to talk about hot, sexy X-wing. So beautiful. So after the first showing, we were talking about like what's death bothered people the most and i said i said happy mustache man was the heart was the hardest one for me <laughs> and my friend cracked up and she's like oh my god are you serious i'm like yes because he's so happy and then he just so crashed happy. and died although speaking of uh, general merrick should have been a woman yeah yes. yeah agreed yeah and then happy i was like woman? And then I was like, and then I said to Brian, I I said to Brian, I'm like, so, and this isn't really a spoiler for the, for the, uh, Wraith book staff, but, um, so Wed, the whole, the whole thing is like, Wedge doesn't want to accept a promotion because he wants to keep flying starfighters. And I'm like, okay, so if there's General Merrick who's flying X-Wings, why won't Wedge accept the promotion to General? And Brian's like, because it's contingent upon being a part of Admiral Akbar's staff. And I was like, God, we're such nerds. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you really are. <laughs> yeah, I think Brian and I spent the most time 
whenever they were on Yavin of looking in the background and trying to spot helmets. Yeah. And they're so it, the shots are so out of focus and they're running by so fast that I was like, I need the Blu-ray so I can pause and look and see if I recognize any of your helmets. See, I spent the whole time looking in the background for the Rebels crew and then I still yeah. didn't see Copper. Uh. Yeah, I've I've Copper's I've, not in the background. It's kind of like middle ground. He's yeah, he rolls by Side like ground. right on the left. You yeah. can also hear him. It's amazing. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I finally saw the ghost though, which was spectacular. Like You can see um, the ghost so many times. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Ghosts are a fair bit. The one I like the best is when it's like on the ground in Yavin because you yeah. can see yeah. how much detail and effort yeah. they put in the ghost model. And and how many people screamed? I, I like screamed when I heard General Sindula. Oh my god, yeah. Freaked I screamed. I grabbed my friend's arm like so tight. And he was just like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah." Like, I, I get off that a lot when I watch so hard, and she didn't even like hear it. So she yeah. had to tell her. Really, I was like, god, I, if that was, was Sindula. <laughs> swear to God, though, if that's referring to Cham, no way. No way. The ghosts are there. It's Hera, hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then so I, I was like, "Oh, she got promoted in general." And someone was like, "But if she's, if if she's leading Phoenix Squadron, why would she be a general?" And I was like, "Because Starfighter Command has really dumb." Promotions. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, answer are dead. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible, like, because you do see the ghost. I mean, it's possible if she's a general, she may not be on that ship. She may be elsewhere. So, um, so guys, what what if uh, the ghost is what gives Bale the ride to Alderaan? Oh, shut up. Shut up. It, <laughs> it is not. Yeah, He's already gone. He's already gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I spent. You. The first time I watched it, I spent the entire fight sequence like in perpetual fear that something would happen to the ghost. I was just like, every time Me it too. had this the shot of like <laughs> yeah. all the strips, I was like, "Where's the ghost? Is it okay? Where is it?" And at the end, they like I didn't see it like jump away or anything. Like it doesn't get blown up. I've watched it like every time I watch it, I watch out for the ghost. But I was like, "Did they kill the ghost? Is everyone okay? Oh my god!" And I was like too stressed out about that that the rest of the movie was like less <laughs> impactful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really, I really hope that this means we're going to eventually get uh, rebels telling that battle of, from, from their point of view. Yeah. Point yeah, of view. yeah, like I was and thinking about that yesterday. I'm- Minus Ezra and Kanan because they're dead. Oh, they have no. they're sending. Ezra's Kenobi, not dead. Like, <laughs> Ezra is totally. Kanan is not dead. Kanan, He's dark. <laughs> Kanan at least has to because I like Brian. You brought this up on Twitter when you said like them Mon Mothma asking Bale to contact his friend the Jedi like if Kanan is still around there wouldn't be a big it wouldn't be so important to go get Obi-Wan you know if if the ghost is there there's a good chance Kanan would be too yeah like I can appreciate Kanan being dead but also I feel like Ezra also because he's the main character of a children's show like slightly different (laughs) to Rebels killing all of its characters not Rebels Rogue One like Rebels can do that less um but also, like, he can just go off somewhere else. He doesn't have to be part of the rebellion. He could be elsewhere, have amnesia, whatever. I don't care. Everyone thought Ahsoka <laughs> had to die, and Ahsoka didn't die. So, like, Ezra doesn't have to die either, okay? Well, now you're all I saying Ahsoka's like dead while I'm the one sitting here saying she's alive. <laughs> I mean, she no, is alive. I think she's alive. But, um, like, in the Clone Wars, everyone like was saying she should be die. a precedent of, for every single Jedi being alive. Well, if Ahsoka's alive, then all of them are alive, because that just sort of... You yeah, know, I just my problem is with the Soka being alive is that when she hears about Luke Skywalker being part of the rebellion, why did she not go and talk to him about because his dad? She's on Mortis now <laughs> because she's got because other she's dead. <laughs> because, she's because she's got a different a life temple. aspiration now. She is I- a Mortis god. <laughs> oh, no, she's yes. the owl. The owl. I'm actually fine if she's like some sort of force spirit, but like I. 
I just if she's still in her corporal form. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, even if she is in her corporal form, like, I mean, people's like, like, if she has become like this kind of like, even if she's alive and like fully sentient, sentient's not the right word, corporeal, um, <laughs> <laughs> fully sentient, like a robot, um, like if she has, no, if she's instead robots, gone so okay. like this like spiritual journey with like for stuff and whatever like maybe she won't hear about luke or maybe she like is like okay he's got this or obi-wan's around kind of thing like she she may not feel it's important and by that point like after vader beats her up like she may not want to go back to that because she'd be like okay it's too late for him like who cares goodbye like we just it's it's hard to say and like i am personally like the idea that somebody has to be dead to keep them out of a story is not as exciting to me as trying to find other ways that are more interesting for the character to keep them out. Like, I don't like the idea of Ezra dying because it's too easy. I would rather his character go somewhere else that makes it more interesting for him in the same way that Ahsoka did at the end of Clone Wars. I will say that if it ends up where the Rebels crew survives and Thrawn dies, I'll be really pissed off. <laughs> because again, like people are like, well, he has to die because he's not around. I'm like, no, you exile him like you did in the original story. <laughs> yeah, like why would they kill? They wouldn't kill Thrawn. Like there's way too much you could do with him. Thrawn I feel like Snoke. they... Oh, <laughs> hey, look, if he comes back in episode eight, I'll be fine. But um, I will say, though, I'm really... I, I feel bad saying this going back to Rogue One like that I I'm so glad they killed everyone because <laughs> I, really I feel like such a, live. I, I feel like such a heartless person when I say that but I feel like it was a really bold move and in and this story in particular needed it because well, it, was, it was such a desperate battle it yeah. was a bold move that I didn't I didn't fully maybe believe that they were commit to it they'd ever commit to it yeah yeah so each death was like a, another surprise like it wasn't one of those things where it feels inevitable it actually felt surprising when they died but also it lends weight to a new hope like when they're doing the plans and everything right. doing the plans when they're yeah. trying to get the plans somewhere safe and like block the death star i'm like everyone died for this and i'm really sad now yeah like i mean you felt i like the first time the first time the vader scene was terrifying the second and third times i was just like laughing with glee but like the first time it's like it's terrifying and you're like you're like oh my god oh my god they, you know they're gonna get the plans to safety but you're just like watching him slaughter all these guys and you feel their terror as they're trying to get the plans and, away and yet despite all that fear leia still mouths off to him about five minutes later which is because she's badass. amazing yeah because she's the <laughs> best um, but no wonder she says it's our most desperate hour on that hologram. Like, right? oh my god! Yeah, 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 it makes a little more sense. Um, I w I wish yeah. the movie had said something like someone was like, "Oh, this wasn't necessary," and it wasn't necessary. But I wish, like, my Mothma would have mentioned something about leaving the base or like or scattering the forces because like she's not there in A New Hope. And yeah. I wanted to, like, because they made a big deal, Bale saying, well, I have to go back to Alderaan. I mean, they wanted to make sure people think he wouldn't still be alive. Like, that was the yeah. way of being like, Bale is dead, guys. Yeah. yeah. He, he gone. Which is a bit rude, <laughs> honestly. How, we, how, we much, how much difference would this film would have been if, if instead of Jin, we had Bale running around trying to get the plans, being oh, an action gosh. hero? So much better. <laughs> with his cape. <laughs> <laughs> I um I wish I said to Brian like one guy that I was missing from the rebellion was um General Rykian. I wish they'd had General Rykian because we know he's he is he around at this time. Uh, he should be. Um, yeah. Because yeah. they recast uh, Dodonna, so I was like, oh, I would have liked to see General Rykian because we know we get him in one movie, and I like him a lot. 
So going back to like the stakes and desperate hour and that kind of stuff, I thought it was a really smart move to have the rebel leaders say, no, you know what? We're not going after the Death Star plans and -hmm. then have a small group go off on their own because that added real weight to their situation to me because they didn't have backup at first. Like they were completely on their own and it's like, oh shit, this is so important. But (laughs) do we think that the um, Rebel Alliance are full of pansies now? (laughs) I think after this, they realize (laughs) what the actual stakes are. Like beforehand, they were like, no, we don't need this. And this isn't like, it's it's fine. It'll be fine. Um, And then, and then the Death Star kind of actually does things. They're like, oh no, it's not fine. Yeah, the visual guide says that the, the sort of coward senators were also the senators who sort of favored negotiations, so they were uncomfortable with the whole idea of rebellion. Right. Mm-hmm. So my guess is that they'll either like say, okay, I'm out, or like you know, finally see the light, because it's kind of showing. Like they, they even say in the film, this is the first time the entire rebel alliance is together. It makes sense that some of them would be less extreme than others, and even you know, even if you think of saws on one end of the extreme. That just means Bale and Mothmar are in the middle. There's certainly going to be people on the other end are like, guys, you know, maybe we can have a motion in the Senate and, and talk this through. Yeah. So I, I kind of liked it. I appreciated plus, that balance for sure. Plus you have they, um, Darth Vader, you have Vader saying to Krennic, they, Jeddah was a mining accident. Like that's what they're, that's what they're saying. That's what they told the Senate. Yeah, they're still worried about the Senate because the Senate's still powerful. So it's not exactly yeah. crazy for the senators to be like, guys, we can do this diplomatically because the empire, the empire at this time is still afraid of the Senate. And you know, and you, it is just Jin like saying what happened on Jeddah. You know, like I can see them saying, well, are you, are you sure? Like, did this really happen? And you know, if if it is this bad, then we can't, we can't fight against them because I feel Hashtag like fake news, everyone. Yeah, I, well, I feel, I feel like you know, one of the things that the Servants of the Empire books did so well is it showed like why people would choose to rebel, like what they're willing to put up with, and then finally, what's the last straw? And Jin says in the movie, she's like, you know, it's easy to ignore, to live under Imperial flags if you don't look up. And I thought that was a really poignant line because so like there are so many people who are willing to live under under terrible circumstances as long as nothing happens to them personally. You and know? if you think about yeah. it, like both Scarif and Jeddah are, are basically in the middle of nowhere. So like the right. average person in the galaxy has yeah. no idea what they are and probably would have never heard about their destruction and wouldn't think about it. It isn't isn't until Alderaan, which is a very important planet, you know, that Tarkin's Tarkin Tarkin said, spin. you know, we we have to have an effective demonstration and that is what seals the Empire's doom, I think, in terms yep. of popular support. It's when they destroy a very visible planet that everyone knows okay we can't talk with these people we have to fight or it's over especially such yeah, a peaceful was- planet as Alderaan yeah that was his dumbest um, move it was his dumbest move he- the visual guide kind of implies they're less peaceful than we think but you know, e- e- either way like blowing up a planet of <laughs> civilians Jay does it really or are you just reaching <laughs> again apparently, apparently they, su- like, uh, they supply the re- rebellion with arms equipment cruisers a lot of the, the unif- even like, the rebel rank insignia is based on the Alderanian military apparently yeah Alderaan's a lot more important to the alliance but it's still like you know blowing up a whole planet for you know military purposes where a lot of civilians are on there no matter what you know no matter which way you you put it I'm hoping that Rogue One now that Rogue One is out that we're we'll get more stuff about the formation of the rebellion like obviously we're going to have rebels but like um 
you know, but more maybe like books and stuff like about the Rebel Alliance in this area. Like, especially like, I want to know all about like the stuff Cassian was doing and especially since a visual guide says he was had a con he was a contact on dark now hello and he once <laughs> went by the name of fulcrum yeah, yeah he was he was one of the fulcrums that's so exciting i love that like there's just lots of fulcrums happening yeah because now now that dark Nell's mentioned i can um you know keep my head cannon that bell iblis is still around somewhere <laughs> so what would be really cool is that so one of the big surprises of this movie was the first time we see mothma she says blah 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 the alliance so i'm like oh yeah they've already formed which makes me think if they because I, I was i was thinking they were, exactly i was thinking they were going to form in this movie but if they're already formed then rebels is the natural place like maybe the show ends with the actual official formation of the rebel yeah. alliance actually i am i that I, takes place on Corellia. what yeah I am now in a different leaning. I don't want Rebels to end at with A New Hope. I want Rebels to continue going on through the original trilogy. Yeah, me too. I, I like I didn't think about it until yesterday after that movie, after watching it, and I was like, okay. wait, if the Rebels, if the ghost is there, then there's a good chance that they'll have an episode of Rebels like, over Scarif, right? And then I was like, but then do they end it with A New Hope, or do they keep going? Like, what's going to happen? Okay, so, okay, so if it's going through A New Hope, then I'm okay with Ezra not dying and him becoming the villain. they're not gonna make Ezra the villain (laughs) so I have Um, to give credit to Cooper for this idea because I was mentioning well they've always said Rebels would only be a few seasons so he said well what if they do something like Lab Rats and make it Rebels Elite Force and then they can just make it (laughs) a bad Bad Cooper but I mean I would I I think that would be a really cool way to show like the like the bigger Rebel Alliance and um, you know, show the show the formation, and then like they then they kind of scatter because you know, like there you know, there's Mon Mothma's line line about with the fleet with the Imperial fleet spread across the galaxy in a vain effort to engage us. Um, you know, they, the rebels kind of like scatter afterwards to try to make it harder for them to fight. So I feel yeah. like that would be that. Would, and and, if, and if, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, if Rebels is going on during the movies, then like it does make it easier to also deal with Ezra being around because then they could just give him other stuff to do that's really important. Um, yeah. Like within the context of the show, like if he's alive and the show is ended and he's just ambiguously around, then like everyone's like, "Oh, is he's a Jedi? He's around. He's gonna ruin continuity and everything." But like if he's actually in Rebels and like it's happening on the other side of the galaxy and whatever, then like it's fine. It makes sense because they'll, yeah, they'll explain Yoda it. Yoda knows about him though and says Luke is the only hope. So I mean, well, well, he, he probably knows that powers. Ezra's useless. If he loses his <laughs> and like he knows that Luke is linked to Vader. Like Ezra wouldn't be anyone's hope because he has no hope of redeeming Vader. He has no chance of doing that or beating well, they Vader. They didn't want at all. him to redeem Vader. They wanted him he to kill him. Like, no Ezra doesn't have the hope of that either. Like he's useless. He's not gonna. He's too aligned to the dark side <laughs> as well. Like him going up against Vader would not end well. And I'm sure Yoda knows that anyways. If if Ezra is alive, I do. I I, I want him and Luke to have a conversation because I feel like Luke would be like. Whoa, other dude knows how to use the force. I need to be your best friend. And Ezra would be like, screw you, a hole. <laughs> I've been fighting for longer than you. <laughs> I, just I like how this Rogue One podcast has turned into talking about whether Ezra is dead. <laughs> I want Ezra to be like bitter and like leaving the rebellion or something. Like, make real, like, kill him on the inside, but don't kill him. <laughs> That's what I want. Um, 
one line I really liked from Rogue One was when um, they were talking about their mission, like the mission to bring Galen back to the to the Rebel Alliance because they needed him to testify in the Senate. And I'm like, that's really so interesting. Much. And I'm like, like the idea that him testifying in the Senate would actually have any effect. It and wouldn't. It, it gives the weight of Palpatine, dis, you know, disbanding the Senate. Oh, you know, it gives it a lot more weight. I wish we had been able to see that scene, though. Um, but maybe yeah. eventually in like a side story or yeah, no, I they said that, like and I just like snorted because I was like, I mean, it might, but also they have the Death Star now, so like, it's not actually going to do that much. Like, I like you know that soon they're going to disband the Senate, so they're like, he can help us, he can save everything by going to the Senate, and I was like, no, <laughs> that's not going to work. Yeah. Well, it shows how desperate they were to, to have the Death Star ready because they complained about the Senate with Vader. You know, Vader says, we're going to hide this until it's it's safe. And then even at the beginning of A New Hope, there's like, what if the Senate finds out about this? So it's clear that the until the Death Star is completed and ready, they're still afraid of, of public action in the Senate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one thing I thought was pointless in the movie was the tentacle monster guy. I feel like there's some content that got uh, left on the cutting room floor that gives yeah. that a little more meaning. That's the new Raftar scene. Yeah, yes, I'm like, that's why? exactly what I thought. Why do all of the new aliens keep having so many tentacles? Like, as soon as the alien came in, I was like, what is Avalon. with the tentacles? Why does this keep happening? Because do, fl- do I have to flirt with that in the next RPG session? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've already sent a note to Tom. Because I can detect lies. I'm going to be screwed. <laughs> It's not like you've ever been able to mask that anyways with your checks. See, Avaloth I like that is... scene because it scrambled Bodhi a little bit for the next few scenes, and I, I enjoyed like scrambled Bodhi. I feel like then it just kind of ended, though, like once they left Jeddah and were on their way to Edo. Well, he always seemed kind of yeah, like, better. he seemed a little bit like fragile still, like the rest of the movie. Like yeah. he was still constantly trying to reassure himself of who he was and what he was doing, which kind of like, I guess having... Having that scene is unnecessary, like, to me, but also, like, if he'd just been like that because he was like that, that would have been a little bit more like, why is he like this? Yeah. Um, what else? Anything else you want to add about I think. I think um, there needed to be the like an extra scene. Into Star Destroyer. Oh my god, Oh my yes. god, yes! Yes, that was the coolest thing. Oh my god, yes. Whole yeah, battle. No, I think- the whole battle of Scarith was why you uh, signed Gareth Edwards to do the film. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was good. It was a well. It was one of the first times like I actually like watched a battle thing in a Star Wars and it completely understood everything that was happening. Yeah. Well, that was the other thing. Everything was connected. Like every bit of action served the same plotline, and you could see clearly, even though there's ships flying around, what the purpose of each camera shot is. It wasn't that they're just shifting over to a space battle just because they wanted explosions. Yeah. One, yeah. Thing, one thing I appreciated was that I feel like Star Wars a lot, especially in Rebels, tends to simplify things um, because, you know, there's only so much time you have at a 22-minute show to, like, infiltrate an Imperial base and, like, get information. But, like, this one, even, you know, they had all these different, like, steps of their mission. Like, first they had to... Uh, to talk to Saw and get Bodhi. Then they had to go get Galen. Then they had to convince the Rebellion to f- to get the plans. Then they go and then they have to get into Scarif. Then they have to get into the base. Then they have to find the plans. Then they have to extract the plans. Then they have to send the plans. Then they have to get the shield gate down. And it's like, you know, keep escalating the stakes. So when they finally get it, you're like, wow, they went through hell to... 
it wasn't easy for them, you know. You know what's interesting? I always wondered why in Return of the Jedi they had the shield generator on the ground, and now we realize, well, maybe they're like, oh, well, the shield gate thing messed us up last time, so let's yeah. put it on the ground this time. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. thought it was... I thought it was cool, like, the whole idea where Radis is like, I have an idea. And then I'm like, Admiral Akbar studied his tactics, and, like, that's why he was like, we need to concentrate all pa- power on the Star Destroyer. I was like, when I first watched it, I was like, why don't they use this shield gate thing more often? This seems like way more effective than a ship blockade. And then it got blown up, and everything went to hell for them. And I was like, okay, that's why they don't that's do that why. more often. <laughs> Plus, it's probably really, uh, like... It's way too powerful, like yeah. Especially like you know, and it would be a pain in the ass for anything that wasn't just like a one outpost planet. Yeah, yeah. and I feel like that's got to be expensive to run to a shield covering planet or planet covering yeah. shield. <laughs> yeah, plus like Endor. Plus Endor, you don't care. They don't care about Endor itself. They just care. They just want a generator for the Death Star shield. So yeah, yeah. And that's why um, the Ewoks killed them all. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um so yeah, I I I'm just really looking forward to more movies like this. Um I I I kept saying like I want the sequel for to this to be Rogue Squadron. <laughs> and someone had a someone had a really good idea that like now it's a thing whenever they have a mission that won't be sanctioned, they go rogue, and that's how Rogue Squadron is formed. Um, and so I want to see that happen. I like that. I want to be Wedge, be like, screw you guys, performing the Rogue Squadron. I'm hopeful that this movie being successful lets them branch out even further. So, you know, we have a movie with new characters that was successful. Now let's have new characters in a new setting. Yeah. Instead of getting yeah. lots of Han Solo and Boba Fett movies as the standalones. Because uh, as much as I enjoyed Rogue One, I think I'm still bitter that it's not the X-Wing movie I thought it was going to be, you know? Because you hear when they announced Rogue One, like, that's immediately what everyone that's thought. That's what we all thought, yeah. Yeah. So I, I still want want that to happen. Or a TV show. I'd be fine with a TV show. Yes, well, on Netflix. Star Wars is going to be going a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I will. I want it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So any last thoughts about Rogue One, a Star Wars story? I think we have definitively proven Star Wars can handle a film once a year. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. I did not feel like this was too much Star Wars. So thank you, Rebels, for acclimating me. Yeah. (laughs) I thought it was interesting, though, that even though it's a standalone movie, I feel like you really needed to see the other movies to get the most out of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one one yeah. observation I'll make, I guess, is my my non-Star Wars friends who you know don't aren't into Rebels or anything like that, like we are, love the movie and told me we want they want to see it again. So I think that even regular good. audiences are see, like, like, no, we I actually see this have movie. the opposite experience. Some of my you know non-Rebels, non-book friends really did not like the first half. They all loved the Battle of Scarif, but the first half with Saw and things like that, they're just like, I don't know who these people are and I don't really care. Mm. My, well, that um, is true that, my my best friend who is notorious for not liking Star Wars, he doesn't like all the original movies and the prequels and stuff. Um he really liked The Force Awakens and he really liked Rogue One too. So he's like my good um I guess litmus test for whether or not somebody who doesn't understand Star Wars at all will like a Star Wars movie somewhat. 
I just want to go around saying, I'm one with the force, the force is with me. I'm one with the force, the force is with me. <laughs> I really, okay, wait, last thoughts, actually. <laughs> I really like the line that he says on um, Jedha, which is like, the strongest stars have hearts of Kyber. It was such a cool line. Yeah. Yeah. I think everything he said was cool. Yes, I love him so much. Or <laughs> <laughs> <We're> Chirrut. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up there. Uh, Jay, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at eleven or sorry at Admiral Jello, <laughs> and I write for eleven thirty eight dot com. All right, Saf. You can find me on Twitter at Wanderlustin, W A N D E R L U S T I N. You can also find me just around Toshi Station in general and at my site notsafwork dot com. And if you throw a dart at a random podcast on a dartboard, you'll find Saf. Um, <laughs> Brian, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brian underscore N O V. Okay, and you can find me with Lane Winry, L A N E W I N R E E. Nancy is Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. All of our all of our uh, podcasts and columns, news, reviews are at Tashi-Station.net. Boy, it felt felt like we could do two whole episodes of this. But, we probably uh, will talk more. Yeah, about we're, we're going to talk more about it. <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you all uh, after our little holiday high or holiday break. So long, everyone. podcast has been brought to you by Majestic Draft Productions and is the official podcast of TashiStation.net. All Star Wars names, music, and logos are property of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Tashi Station Radio is not endorsed by Lucasfilm or any division of the company. Now go pick up some power converters. Oh, 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 o